This podcast is for general information only. It is not intended as a substitute for general health care services. If you have medical conditions, you need to see your doctor. Use of this information is at the user's own risk. Welcome to FitRx with Dr. Greg Dennis. Join me as we challenge the standard sick model of healthcare. This is your source for everything health, wellness, prevention, fitness, biohacking, and more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of FitRx. I am your host, Dr. Greg Dennis. I have a very exciting guest today. He's been around this space for a long time, Mr. Jay Campbell. He, I think, originally got known just with his uh, writings on testosterone. Uh, he has really educated a ton of people, including myself, uh, on testosterone. He's a best-selling author with books on testosterone, the TRT Manual, the TOT Bible, which stands for Testosterone Optimization Therapy Bible. Uh, he's written books on losing weight, fat loss. Uh, and I believe, Jay, you have a, a recent book let's see, titled uh, Free From, or How to Break Free from Sick Care Medicine Before It yeah. Kills You. Is that correct? Living uh, a Fully Optimized Life. Exactly. That's the subtitle. I love, I love the exactly. title. Uh, and, yep. and so I'm sure I could go on and on about your bio, but <laughs> uh, for sake of time, we'll uh, we'll let you say any more. So anyway, welcome to the show, Jay. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, Greg. Um, it's, it's an honor and privilege. I'm always humbled to be able to speak to other people, especially about things that I'd really enjoy you know, speaking about and in the spirit of gratitude, I'm, I'm grateful to be here and, uh, and talk to you. So let's make this amazing. All right. Yeah, I appreciate that. So just, you know, for the listeners that, that may not know you, give us a little bit of history about you. So uh, I found you in the testosterone space quite a few years ago when I, as a physician, I, I started looking into testosterone and, and realized that I was not taught anything about it. And I was just looking for information, trying to educate myself. And I will say that your uh, TOT Bible is probably one of the best, if not the best, references out there on, on you know, just learning about testosterone, especially for providers. Um, and so you've, you've been doing this, you know, for a long time, as far as just in the health and wellness space and writing books about, you know, you, you were doing low carb and fasting before it was trendy. And, and so you, you just really seem ahead of the curve on all this stuff. So just kind of uh, give our listeners an idea, just you know how you how you first got started, how you got into all this space. So, you know, my story for people that know me is pretty well known. I got kicked in the testicles when I was 29 playing, uh, you know, men's league basketball. I'm a former college and professional athlete, uh, so I was always in really good shape. I was essentially a biohacker, you know, outside of college, and you know, I pl- had a cup of coffee playing basketball in Austria, but. Uh, was playing in a competitive league, got kicked in the testicles, you know, went down or whatever, went out. And then like a couple months later, I started feeling like shit. Right. So I went to my PPO doctor and the PPO doctor recommended me to an endocrinologist, which was a miracle. But as you know, there's no coincidence in the universe. Uh, and then this guy turned out to be the endocrinologist was a Harvard educated guy. I lived in Southern California and he was like, look, man, I can actually, he did some tests and he saw that I had like a, you know, 200 level testosterone. He says, look, you know, you have the testosterone level of a geriatric, I can bump you up and you know, you'll be right as rain in a couple of months. So I was like, you know, he's like, go home, talk to your wife about it. This is back in 1999. And I was about three months from turning 30, um, you know, just to make sure. And when I went home and, you know, that was my first wife this a long time ago, she said, yeah, you know, you're a smart guy, you understand all this stuff. So let's do it. You know, so I, I agreed to it. You know, he put me on 
125 milligrams of testosterone and cyprinate, actually two shots a week, which is even, you know, at that point in time still was like way above like the average learning curve of the average doctor now. Sure. And, you know, he got me back to where I was feeling amazing. And then it was like, well, okay, we're going to go ahead and take you off. And I was like, no, no, you're not taking me off. Are you kidding me? I felt a lot, this no fucking way. Like this is the most amazing I've ever felt. So fast forward about 10 years, uh, I worked with him. Uh, multiple other doctors because he moved from where I was in Southern California. So it wasn't convenient. Uh, and I just became a very student, a very studious, conscientious person about understanding what I was doing because there was not a lot of literature unless you could read Bulgarian or Russian. There was nothing, you know, there were a couple of books written built to survive by Nelson Virgil and Michael Mooney, which was for guys that had HIV who were dying and they were using testosterone and other stuff to attempt to survive because they didn't know how to survive HIV. Uh, and then there was like some underground, you know, bodybuilding books, you know, Dan Duchesne's underground steroid handbook. And I think Bill Phillips wrote something. It doesn't matter. I mean, there was nothing. So, you know, I was a, a very studious person always. And so I would be pouring through the medical literature and PubMed and whatever I could get my hands on to find this. And eventually I became extremely, extremely knowledgeable about this. And my inner circle of friends would talk to me when they met me because I was always very impressive physically. And they would say, like, how do you, you know, do what you do? And I would always be like, oh, I use therapeutic testosterone. And they would literally look at you one of two ways. You'd be like, you're on steroids. Or it would be, you know, wow, tell me more. So the people that would say, tell me more, eventually got to the point in my ear where they're like, bro, you got to write a book on this. Right. And so thankfully, you know, because I lived in Southern California, and I was in the corporate automotive, digital automotive marketing space, I got to hang with some influential folks. And, you know, one of the persons that was mentoring me about writing the book, um, you know, pushed me to do it. And so, you know, to make a very long story short from there, you know, I reached out to Nelson Virgil and I reached out to um, Bill, uh, Rick Collins, the attorney, Rick Collins, and a couple other famous people that were involved in this world. And I said, hey, man, if a lay person was to write a book on this, you know, what kind of risk would I have? Because my wife and I owned a residential real estate company. This is back in 2014. And I didn't want to, you know, bring any undue risk upon us as a non, you know, medically licensed person. And so Rick wrote me back right away. Rick is one of my closest friends to this day, amazing human being. And said, hey man, um, basically if somebody gets a bug up their ass about you as a non-doctor writing about therapeutic testosterone, it'll probably cost you a couple hundred grand paying me to keep you out of you know, jail. And so I was like, fuck that. I'm not going to do that. So, but I also sent the book to Nelson Burgle, who at the time, and he didn't know me from Adam, but at the time was in Venezuela, his home country dealing with all the insanity back there. And so he didn't respond right away um, like Rick did, but I shelved the whole thing. And I was like, no way, I'm not going to embark on this. So, you know, the people that I was talking with, I was like, nope, not doing it, not worth the risk, just shelved it. So Three months later, out of the blue, Nelson Virgil writes me back. And he, and, and by the way, I left this out, but I had sent a white paper of what I wanted to write about to him and also Rick. And, and, and by the way, Rick saw it too. And he was like, this is really impressive, blah, blah, blah. You know? And again, he's coming from an attorney. So Nelson, you know, wrote the book. It's like, look, I don't know who you are, but I want to talk to you. When can you talk? And it was just so out of the blue. I, you know, I responded back to him. I was like, whenever, you know, wow, you finally wrote me back. And so when him and I spoke on the phone, he was like, look, dude, I, I sit on panels with the FDA. They're not going to do anything to you. Don't listen to Rick. Rick's a friend of mine too, but he's an attorney and he's, you know, he's prone to tell you worst case scenario. He's like, you sure. need to put this book into the universe. 
let me help you. And then away it went. And this is again, in the end of 2014, the book was ready then, but then through Nelson's help and guide guidance and tutelage, I made the book a lot better, made some addition, uh, edits and some adaptations to it. And then we published the book in November of 2015, meaning me, you know, my, myself and my independent publishing company at the time, cause I'd never written a book. And it was obviously extremely well received. You read it, you know, other clinicians and people in the space over the next year, year and a half read it. And I, it made me a bunch of friends in the clinical space, you know, research community. Uh, and then, as you know, from there, I just, you know, made all these other amazing friends. And I'm, you know, one of my secret ninja tactical powers is to build relationships and connections with people. And so I made a lot of really good connections. And then I got good recommendations for people on what to do. And then I've, you know, subsequently, since then, I've written five books. Uh, the TOT Bible and the TRT Manual are the highest sold, uh, highest rated, according to Amazon, you know, by their algorithm uh, of all time on the subject matter. And then, you know, I wrote obviously some books on fasting that were also like highly ranked. Like my, the Blowtorch Diet is the third highest selling book ever on fasting, right? So it's like, I got a lot of quote unquote internet street cred from the books I read or wrote. And then obviously meeting guys like you, you know, going to various medical conferences and stuff like that kind of positioned me to where I am now today, where, you know, I'm considered like, you know, a leading subject matter expert on this. Now, from an experiential body, and you know this, I have 21 years of using therapeutic testosterone, right? And I've used every delivery system. I've worked with all the top docs, uh, or I know them, and I've conversed with them, and I've researched with them. And so there's just, I know this thing backwards and forwards. And I think, you know, the one thing that I would say before I shut up this ramble is most doctors do this wrong. And they do this wrong because they don't have a standard patient of care, you know, guidance or practice from medical school. There is nobody teaching this. The endocrinology textbook that you know that most doctors utilize to gain any awareness is written by, you know, Nieschlag in like early 2000 in Germany. And at that point, they were telling guys to get one injection every two weeks. Mm-hmm. So there's still endocrinologists and urologists out there that are you know, provide uh, prescribing testosterone to their male patients and utilizing those guidelines. I mean, I can't tell you, bro, I've talked to thousands of men, you know, who have sent me that story. And so, you know, my whole purpose nowadays, you know, and I'm obviously involved in a lot of amazing things in life that have nothing to do with this now, but my big deal now is like, I really want to help guys. I want to like, make sure that people are not being, you know, as I would call it quacked, you know, into submission by the sick care medical system who, because they don't know how to do this right. Right. So that's kind of why I come on podcasts, like with people like you so that I can give back and I can say like, no, there's a better way. Well, thank you for, for writing those books. Like I said, it was a great resource for me when I was trying to learn about this, because just as you said, you can't learn about this in the medical literature. Uh, It as recent as gosh, like the year before last, my dad, uh, had went to see a urologist and of course he had really low testosterone. He's an older man. Uh, and the urologist who are supposedly experts, you know, on this, uh, and, uh, put him on not one every two weeks, but a shot every three weeks. Wow. Uh, and I, I Imagine. said, dad, I said, dad, I, I don't want to be your doctor, but, but don't do that. Don't do it that way. <laughs> and, he, and he probably wouldn't even, well, he probably wouldn't listen to you anyway. And, you know, let's be honest, dude, let's go back. Cause we can make this podcast better than any podcast. If we just talk about the, the reality of how many men in the world are deficient in testosterone over the age of 45, that it would be astonishing. Right. You know, this, I mean, you're practicing. I mean, how many guys in just your part of the world, 
that you walk around and see every day on a day and day basis are, you know, metabolically dysregulated, yeah. insulin resistant, holding too much belly fat. You know, you're, you're in the Midwest. I mean, you got, you got all the, the fertilizer. It's all oh, in the air. It's all in the terrible, sky. Yeah. It's everywhere. Right. So, I mean, imagine how many people in this, on this planet, in this planet right now, if you call it the matrix are hormonally dysregulated. Right. Yeah. So, you know, what's, what's funny. And I want to get into your, your book about the, the, the sick care here in a minute, but you know, the things that I've learned now, I didn't know initially, but that I've learned now, some of the things that optimize a man's health. Okay. One of those is obviously, you know, hormone optimization. Uh, another one of those is, you know, weight management and nutrition. You know, another one of those is, is fasting and, and lifestyle, uh, environment. None of those things, which are, in my mind, the major things to optimize health, none of those things are taught in medical school. It's insane. Well, again, no. dude, I mean, don't, I don't want to put my tinfoil hat on, but you know, I can. I mean, the medical school doesn't want you guys, meaning yeah. not you, but doctors. Yeah. You don't want you being administers of optimal optimal health they yeah. want people sick yeah no you're right, you're right. Yeah. to their pills it's, i mean that isn't is, even debatable at this point yeah the, the more that i've looked into this since you know kind of getting into this longevity space and especially yeah. since starting this podcast and stuff and the more i read and uh the more i learn about the influence of big pharma on on oh, yeah. everything i mean on everything on, the, on everything and it's you know the more i learn the the more sickening it gets i mean well, look, I mean, let me add to that. So, see, I knew this podcast was going to become amazing. So, <laughs> literally, our our product, my hair product, which we'll get to when we talk about peptides later, is a direct assault to Big Pharma. Because as you know, Big Pharma has taken the route of DHT inhibition mm -hmm. with finasteride and Propecia and Dutasteride and all of these five, you know, these, you know, DHT inhibiting you know, drugs. And it goes back to, you know, we could expand this conversation. It's the same thing with uh, uh, estradiol inhibition. You cannot, big pharma is not smarter than God. Okay. At the end of the day, you know, we have these amazing biological bot, bo these physical avatar bodies and these biological systems, and they are not meant to be inhibited or circumvented by big pharma pills. So like whenever you start blocking your estrogen or inhibiting your DHT, there are going to be downstream secondary and tertiary effects that are terribly bad for your biology, right? And, you know, in our conversations now, like I just, I told you we had a podcast with Ben Greenfield that's going to blow up all across the universe and also one with Dave Palumbo. And, you know, the reality is, is like when you inhibit DHT, you instantly cause dopaminergic pathway signaling issues in the brain, which lead to downstream serotonin reuptake inhib inhibition issues, uh, you know, again, dopamine response patterning issues, which as you know, leads to depression, potentially sexual dysregulation or dysfunction. So, I mean, you have all these things that are happening and you're attempting to block the, the you know, to attach to the receptor, the dihydrotestosterone receptor, you know, in the follicular root of the scalp. And it doesn't even do shit. Like we now know that scientifically, DHT is a secondary downstream effect that may be or may not be a causal agent. And they've spent billions, bro, brainwashing men and women, by the way, because nobody ever talks about women that use DHT inhibiting drugs, but they do too, to stop hair loss, which isn't even caused by DHT. 
Hair loss, as we now know, and again, this is new shit. This will be in our article that comes out next week, is due to poor blood flow to the follicles in the scalp. That's it. That is the only causal agent of hair loss. Now, anybody who says otherwise just doesn't understand the newest science. All the science tells us now that microinflammations in the scalp cause poor scalp health, which again is a restriction of blood flow to the scalp. So, you know, you know, albeit or therefore, if you improve the health of your scalp, which you can easily do, you can regrow your hair. Anybody can, even androgenic alopecia, you, you know, your hair, you probably, I would say hundred percent have androgenic alopecia because you lack follicles on the scalp. But there is research now that shows that if you use these angiogenic products, like we sell, um, you can regrow your hair. I mean, you can have basically spontaneous follicular regrowth. Now it'll take a lot longer time for someone like you who doesn't have follicles than it did for someone like me who had follicles. But if you still have active follicles on your health, excuse me, on your scalp, you improve your you know, follicular health and scalp health by reducing you know, topical and systemic inflammation. And then you use these angiogenic or angiolytic products like we sell, bro, you'll regrow your hair. I mean, I'm living proof. I mean, I already had the follicular uh, replacement technology Avantis out here in Newport Beach, California done, which is a micropigmentation, right? Of the scalp. Cause I wanted to have like the five o'clock shadow. Now I shave my head on the sides to keep it really low so that you can see how much hair that I've regrown. Mm -hmm. I even have a frohawk at 50, bro. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> As a joke for my wife, right? my kids make fun of me too. But the thing is, is that we definitely know that through peptides, and we're going to talk about those through peptides and through lifestyle intervention, you can regrow your own hair. You don't need any of these big pharma bullshit pills. Mm -hmm. I mean, bro, in the article, and again, it comes out next week and it's not there yet, but in the article, testosterone doesn't have anything to do with fucking hair loss. When people start reading this and they recognize that this is, you know, they have to untrain themselves, right? And mm -hmm. unlearn the bullshit. Right. You know, your people are going to realize that like anyone can regrow their hair. You just have to catch it before you lose the follicles. So in your case, it's not, it's going to be really difficult, mm -hmm. but for the people that are like, okay, well, I'm prone to, you know, androgenic to alopecia. What do I do? Well, we give you a step-by-step -step process. You know, these podcasts are in there. And again, I'm not like being a shill and say, oh, buy my product because there are other things that you can do. You know, there are other angiogenic stimulators, but you have to improve the health of the follicle in the scalp. And most people do not stress, poor sleep, shitty diet, too much alcohol, too much trans food, GMO food. I mean, all of those things, as you know, bro, just completely destroy the biological systems and cause, you know, systemic and of course, topical inflammation everywhere. Okay. Well, uh, before we get into peptides, I do want to ask you about, cause you've written a couple of other books on fat loss and I, sure. I mean, you, you and your wife both are, are really healthy people yourself. And, uh, I feel like, again, you were a little bit ahead of the curve, you know, now intermittent fasting is kind of trendy and, you know, everybody knows about it, not everybody, but a lot of people, you know, know about it and talk about it and, and, you know, kind of low carb and stuff, but, uh, you've been doing this for a long time. And so yeah. how did you kind of figure this out and, and, you know, how long have you been fasting and, and, and then what made you, what motivated you to, to write a book about this stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good question. I mean, honestly, like I found out about fasting in like the early two thousands, um, you know, just from being a knowledgeable bro 
in the, you know, I would call it the performance, fitness, bodybuilding, whatever you want to call it. Like, you know, back in the day, it was like online forums and boards, right? And so everybody had anonymity and a handle or whatever, but I was in like some very advanced boards and I was a moderator and stuff like that, but I was always just a well-researched guy. Again, I was using therapeutic testosterone. I was essentially self-educating myself, reading, you know, to the highest level and to the tip of the spear. So I found out about fasting in my early, uh, I would say my early thirties, right? I'm 50 now. So, you know, I would say I started to do like a modified fasting program when I was like 34, 35, but around 2009, 2010, I had people mention to me, they're like, Hey man, why don't you write a book on fasting? And I never did. I wrote a white paper on fasting and I used it like with people that I worked with. And I, again, I was a corporate schmo. Uh, but I got my clinical strength and conditioning specialist license, which was just a glorified, you know, uh, personal trainer license so that I would, you know, have a secondary stream of income, like on my spare time, if I wanted to work with people, uh, which I never really pursued or developed. But again, you know, I was always like, you know, quote unquote, before anybody knew what biohacking was, I was biohacking myself, you know, experimenting. So when we wrote the book uh, and I wrote the book in 2017, uh, I, I literally, Greg, this is a true story. I took my white paper that I wrote in 2010 or 2011, doesn't matter, whatever, whatever year it was. And I wrote a book out of it in a weekend. Right. So, that, cause that white paper, I think was probably six pages on a PDF. And I just took that as my basis. And I went and bought Jason Fung's obesity code and the alternate alternate day fasting, you know, guidebook. And I just went through all the research and poured all the research. And then I started like, you know, I mean, I knew how to do it, but then I, you know, started taking the science. I wrote a chapter on, you know, brain drive, neurotropic factor, you know, BDNF, as most people know it by, and, and a bunch of supplements and like a bunch of lifestyle hacks that I would do. And I created my diet, which, you know, has now helped, you know, probably hundreds of thousands of people around the world, which is the blowtorch diet, which is literally an every other day fasting program. So on days that you lift, you fat, I mean, you eat, you're you know, relatively unrestrained, you have carbohydrates to replete uh, muscle glycogen. And on days you don't lift, uh, which is like almost every other day, or if you do a two day, two day off, two on, two off, you don't, you don't uh, eat, you fast. So it's essentially an alternative day fasting program. Now, here's the thing about fasting that I always tell people that they don't understand. And again, this is all in my book. I give it away for free. Everybody who listens to this podcast can get it for free. They can go to jccampbell.com forward slash free books. They get the TOT Bible and the Bullet Torch Diet for free as PDF. So give it, always give that away to my podcast listeners. But fasting is not the way the average person thinks fasting is. Okay. The average person has been lied to and brainwashed by the popular media that fasting is not eating for 12 to 14 hours or 14 to 16 hours. That's not fasting. Fasting is metabolically when the body is actually entering into autophagy and hormesis. You cannot enter into autophagy and hormesis scientifically until you've gone at least 18 hours without food. So all these people that like go, oh, you know, I stopped eating at eight. I don't eat again until 10 a.m. That's not fasting. Okay. Now, if you didn't eat till three o'clock, then you'd be fasting. Because again, you got to go 18 hours without digestion. Okay. Does, does, does that also mean, you, you know, what, you, you can't drink water? You know, no, you can absolutely drink as much liquid as long as, again, there's no energetic demands in the food, you know. So many people are like, oh, but it's MCT oil, the body uses it automatically converts it to energy. No, any calorie is a unit of energy and that is going to kick you out of a fast. Now, 
you know, I'm open to the idea that a, a faster who is again, uh, adapted to fasting, I call it fa fast adapted, could probably get away with, you know, 10 calories or eight calories or something like that, you know, in a drink because they've been fasting for six months or a year or whatever. And their body is very, very, you know, regulated, you know, metabolically and hormonally to fasting and they could probably get away with it. But if you're a fat person, you're 25% body fat as a dude, 20 plus percent, you know, body fat as a woman or higher, um, you know, you're, you are not going to be able to fast and stay in a fasting window. If you're eating any calories, your body is not fast adapted to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I tell people when they start up any kind of fasting regimen to kind of go at it slowly. I mean, because mm -hmm. people probably can't fast for 18 hours right away. Most of them, no, right? No, so, no, no. I mean, most people should, when they first attempt to fast, they should probably go like 12 hours without food. Yeah. And then the food that they do eat should be very low glycemic, you know, low carbohydrates, you know, high protein, you know, I, I would say, you know, high essential fatty acids. And then, you know, progress from there. But I mean, it's willpower. The other thing too, is that, you know, most people have all sorts of nasty pathogens growing in their microbiome of their stomach. So, you know, that pang that they get, like I have to eat, that's not anything, but just yeah. the shit that's growing in their stomach, yeah. you know, and that thing has to be fed. So, you know, there's obviously hacks around that of killing that, you know, you can use metformin, you can use, uh, you know, a form of berberin, um, dihydroberberin. You know, there's, there's things that you can use, you know, adjuvants that you can use that can obviously help regulate blood glucose and cravings and sugar and all that stuff and suppressing insulin, which is obviously hugely important. But yeah, I mean, most people definitely should, you know, uh, start slow or start yeah. low and go okay. slow. Yeah. So it's an interesting concept. It's, it's, it's very simple, but, but yet I, I would think people, I don't know how many people are going to grasp onto that, but just eat on the days you work out. Don't eat on the days you don't work out. Exactly. So, so, and do so cardio, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to do cardio on the non eating days, um, you know, do, um, moderate intensity, you mm -hmm. can't do high intensity cardio, especially if you're in a fasted state, because high intensity cardio is going to deplete muscle protein stores. So as soon as you start tapping into, you know, muscle protein for energy, you are going to create carbohydrates, you know, from the, the conversional process of uh, gluco, gluconeogenesis, which will take protein and make it into a, a stored form of glucose. So I always tell people, if you're fasting and you're going to do cardio, which is great, you know, do it at a moderate intensity. Don't be doing intervals or burst movements or fartlek or Tabata or anything like that. Because if you do that, you are literally going to break your fast and tap into muscle. And obviously you don't want to ever tap muscle or break down muscle tissue when you're fasting. Okay. Well, um, let me, let me ask you about your, is this your newest book that the, how to break free from the sick yep. care medicine book? Living a fully optimized life. That is my newest book. Okay. It's already old. Oh, is that out. right? Okay. I, I, it I'll came, that it came out in uh, September of 2019. And then last year, oh, with all wow. the stuff, I didn't write any books, but I am in the process of creating two courses right now. And they're going to be like big time. Like I hired like the top course creation company on the planet and we're building like legitimate courses. I'm building a, a course for clinicians. Hmm. So it'll be the hormone optimization course will be for the, the, you know, the lay community. And then there'll be like a, a secondary course for guys like you, you know, like who want to like go way deeper and then the peptide course, which as you know, is needed by, by everyone, you know, okay. Dr. Seed's book on peptides is a embarrassment. 
Like, you know, don't edit this out because he needs to know that. That book is so bad. I mean, I don't know why anybody would read that book. And I and I respect him. I, he's a brilliant physician. But that book is a disgrace. It should not be out there. It's so bad. I mean, I honestly, I was reading it and I was like, is this like a trick? Like, what is this? This is this man's a brilliant peptide doctor. He knows more about peptides than anything. And like, they put that book out and it's so bad. It should not be out there. Yeah. Right. And again, he's my friend, dude. I've done an amazing peptides podcast with him. It's one of the most watched peptide podcasts on the planet. And, you know, as a guy who's considered one of the leading peptide experts on the planet, bro, I get hundreds of emails or messages from all comms every day from very well-meaning, well-intentioned, smart, successful people. Hey, dude, I want to learn how to use peptides. And I'm always like writing back, well, I, if I don't do it, my assistants do it. But like, you know, it's like, well, it's coming. The course is coming. But I mean, we wrote the book. Yeah. And we went to publish it last year at the end of the year, and we can't get it published because there's no one on planet Earth that can take this kind of information, not even in the medical industry, and recreate this in a way that is understandable. And don't, dude, you already know this. Like yeah. when I went to AFRM in 2019, and me and Nick were at the TaylorMade booth with Ryan speaking to people about peptides, every single doctor, and there were thousands that came up over three days had questions about peptides and the questions were so basic and so stupid that I'm like, how in the hell are these guys writing scripts to their patients about peptides when they literally don't even understand the first thing? So Nick and I knew at that moment that there's a huge opportunity to educate the public and the clinical space, but here we are now, dude, like, yeah, well, let's back up. Let's back up a minute. Let's back up a minute if we can, because, uh, you know, I've heard you over the years uh, a lot talk about peptides and you're right. I mean, you're, you're probably one of the leading kind of peptide experts out there. Uh, so, and, and my, my listeners know that I'm getting more excited about peptides because I keep releasing stuff sure. on peptides uh, and yeah. I'm, I'm you know doing it now in my own clinic and for me personally. And so, but, but take us back. How did you get introduced to peptides and then, you know, be, become just, you know, kind of a, a sought after peptide. You know, sure. Same thing, dude, just self-experimentation, yeah. really smart friends and mentors. At the same time I started getting into fasting, I started using it for morelin, hmm. right? So back in 2004, or 2005, you know, this is a very commonplace story. Now there was one research chemical company slash peptide company and they were called Southern Research Company, and they were in Texas. The true story about them, and you know, people can you know Google this and find this about me and that company. I had no involvement. I uh, wish, but uh, they were they were dude. They were another typical you know back of the the back of the uh, compound pharmacy, you know, office making these you know real compounded peptides and selling them as a research chemical company. Cause as you know, but bro, back then there was no peptide cell from anybody. It was just these guys, they knew what Ipamorelin was. And again, the, the crazy part about peptides, and maybe you don't know this, you probably do. There's research going back 30 years on these things, right? I mean, a lot of these drugs were failed or orphaned big pharma drugs that, you know, were going down a specific pathway. And then they were like, Oh, we're never going to be able to put it into as a patent through this pathway. So we just abandoned them. Right. But they still have all these amazing clinical, you know, attributes and applications. And so, you know, the guys that first got into this field of peptides saw that and were just like, oh, well, we can't legally sell them and doctors can't legally write a script. So we'll just sell them as research chemical companies. And I think for the majority of your listeners, you know, I'll say this, but, you know, 
in order to buy a research chemical company, you have to indemnify the manufacturer of that, the you know, whoever's selling it to you online and say, oh yeah, I'm using this on my, my uh, hamster, you know, on my laboratory animal, right? Like nobody realizes that, but if you buy these things from a research chemical company, you go through all that and you sign that to say that, yeah, I'm using this on my hamster, you know, or my ferret, but obviously everybody's using it on themselves. So back then, there was no regulation. There was no worry about any of that. There was nobody even looking at this shit. So I started to use Ipramrelin, bro. And I was using Ipramrelin in 2005, 2006, 2007. And it was absolutely phenomenal. It was, you know, I have used, obviously, you know, I'm very open about this. I've used everything, you know, in the process of biohacking and self-experimentation, being my own lab rat, guinea pig. Uh, I'd use growth hormone, you know, not the quality growth hormone that, you know, people should be using the Chinese growth hormone that, you know, people in the underground bro world get. Uh, but I started using Ipramorelin and I was like, Jesus Christ, this is insane. I mean, this stuff literally increases endogenous growth hormone production, doesn't disturb pituitary, you know, function um, and literally is changing my physique, Right. So, and what I mean by that for people that don't know is that, you know, it increases, uh, you know, thermogenesis, reduces body fat, especially in like the visceral body, you know, visceral deposition areas, better sleep, better, you know, better vitality, better energetic management, whatever, just amazing, you know, fountain of youth type peptide, if you, you know, know how to use it. And so from that, I met other guys and I started using other peptides and, you know, I, I've never used any of the bullshit peptides. I've always, Greg, been very, you know, deep about the research, right? So while all these idiots were using GHRP6 and 2 and all those things, like I saw the side effect profile. I knew that they were stimulating cortisol and prolactin and all these bullshit effects that you didn't want. And if you know anything about GHRP2 and 6, it stimulates appetite. So as a guy like me, who's was like, you know, always wanting to look amazing with my shirt off. Why the fuck would I want something like that? You know, where I'm just going to go crazy and have like eat six pizzas at night. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I always was going down the side of medicine or side of research science and I would only use peptides that made sense. So, you know, fast forward to now because of my, you know, meeting folks, amazing people like you and all these people that I've met in the research community, you know, they're always like, Hey man use this for us. Or what do you think of this? And, you know, I've had stuff sent to me and I've had, you know, really smart people send me stuff. And, you know, I won't mention specific compounding pharmacies, send me stuff, but I got a chance to use pretty much everything in the last five or six years now, you know, up to the newest novel agents. And so I just learned from the process of like, you know, using it on myself, you know, and of course talking to other users and stuff like that too. So that's kind of how I became a peptide expert. I mean, there really isn't much more than that. I mean, obviously, again, I do the research. I, I, sure. I, I pour through PubMed. I go through Medline. I've gone through all the places. I mean, I have all the research on Ipamorelin, dude. I had the yeah. research in 2007 and 2008. I still, Greg, we could share a screen. I have a file on my Dropbox, Ipamorelin. If you mm -hmm. dig into it and drill down, there's like 30 papers on Ipamorelin in that paper. I mean, in that Dropbox. So what... What are some of the, so you mentioned Ipramorelin and that's one of the ones that, that I'm using more. Uh, I just actually recently started using it on myself and, and I'm awesome. starting to use it on a, on a lot of patients. Uh, and I'm, I'm only using a handful right now because I want ones that I'm really comfortable with that I'm comfortable using on myself, but Ipramorelin is one of them. So what are some other ones that you like? I know there's a, you know, there's a ton of them out there, but that you, you know, are maybe doing now personally or that you just, you know, other people can, could, could benefit from. Yeah, no, it's a great question. So um, so IPA is still the best um, 
from a legal standpoint, you know, you can get it. It's not, you know, being attacked by the compounders. You know, you can get it from our good friends at uh, Empower. Mm -hmm. uh, there are other people I could mention out there. I mean, I, look, I'm friends with all the compounder owners of all the compounding pharmacies. I mean, you know, they're all my friend. They all want me to promote for them and stuff like that. So um, I have nothing bad to say about any of those guys. They're all awesome. I think that what happened to our other friends, you know, is bullshit, but I won't say that because I don't want to get them in any trouble. But, uh, it, you know, again, obviously I'll go down the path of like, what's the application? So overall, IPA is the best. IPA is the best peptide for women, bar none. It does so many amazing things for women. It's incredible. Uh, and again, there's no side effect profile, right? Like it's not disturbing natural growth hormone production. It doesn't create increased cortisol or prolactin or any of that stuff. It doesn't increase appetite. It massively improves, you know, polyphasic and restorative sleep. Uh, it's, it's just an amazing drug for women. I mean, when I met my wife, Monica, <laughs> this is a funny story. I've never told this. When I met my wife in 2012, I got her on Ipamorelin within four months. Now she was already competing and stuff like that. You know, she wasn't like what she looks like now, but you know, she was in the, in the lifestyle. She knew how to eat and all that. And I always say that with caveats, cause you know, this dude, you, you get people that come up to you and you're like, Oh, I heard Jay Campbell talk about blank peptide and I want to start using it. And you're like, and you know, they're 50 pounds overweight, you know, it's like, dude, they're not magic. If you don't have the lifestyle already dialed in, don't waste your time with a peptide. I constantly tell men and women that, you know, morbidly obese people, ah, I want to start using this. Is it going to burn my body fat? No, you have to burn your body fat. These are adjuncts only. So I always say that as a disclaimer, but Ipamorelin transformed my wife's physique in a matter of four months. Her family, when they saw her, literally accused her of using steroids. She's never touched any androgens. Ipamorelin and a clean diet. And obviously she has good genetics. You know what she looks like. So, but that changed her. And a lot of women who I know, you know, subsequently from that using Ipamorelin, you know, a microdose of like what, 200 micrograms, I think at night before you go to bed for a woman will definitely, again, in combination with a good lifestyle change you. So from that, Pesamorelin is my favorite peptide. Now you can't get that as you know now, right? The only way you can get that is if you have a script for Agrifta, and you have HIV or, you know, some form of wasting disease. And as you know, Greg, it's $4,000 a month, which is a farce because right. it ain't worth that, right? So research chemical companies are out there. You know, Google is your friend. I personally do not think that Tessa from a research chemical company that I can't test or know is worth it. That's my opinion. You know, do what you want with that. All of the healing peptides are amazing, bro. BPC-157, TB-500. I personally believe that every man or woman who's interested in aging optimally, longest and strongest should have those in their refrigerator. Whenever you get injured, whenever life gets in the way, when something bad happens with a soft tissue injury or trauma, you know, elbow, ligament, you know, ankle. Dude, as you know, they're magic. So that's what I used to do was keep the uh, BPC-157 injectable in the refrigerator. I used to do CrossFit. I don't really do it much anymore. But, of course, at my age, I was always getting injured. And when I'd get injured, I'd start. I'd that's start. why you don't do it anymore. <laughs> that's exactly. Uh, so I, I would, you know, start this injection of the BPC-157. And it was great. Like, I mean, it just really expedited healing. Well, now that those are, are orally, I've talked to a couple of people, a lot of people in the longevity space that just take those pills you know, just kind of preventatively. And I started doing that recently. So my current regimen is I'm taking a BPC 157 pill, and then I'm taking Ipamorelin. And I love that combination. 
So if you definitely have an inflamed gut or you have dysbiosis in the gut, there's no doubt that the BPC uh, capsules um, will help. But as far as like improving injuries, very minimal, maybe placebo, but there's just not enough of an active constituent ingredient again, to get through uh, the digestive tract. But again, injecting TB or BPC is magic, literally magic. An ankle sprain can be healed as you know, in a week. Severe, I mean, like a third degree ankle sprain that would take six weeks to heal, like the basketball football injuries can heal in a week with TBC. Yeah. yeah. So, so what others are you taking right now? If you don't mind me asking, or if you don't know, oh, it's a good question. Uh, it's a good question. Um, if I could get five amino, I would take five amino. I can't get five amino. It's not possible anymore, but five amino, as you know, is not really a peptide. It's technically a small molecule. It's an amazing thing. You know, I was very open about it, written very prolifically about it. You know, at one time, TaylorMade was providing that. And I used, I used it for a year. I mean, they used to send it to me. It was like candy for me. Obviously it's just, you know, it's, it is an oral peptide and, it, and again, it's not a peptide. It's a small molecule. So big difference. I love that peptide right now. I am literally not using anything because I don't have Pesa. My wife is always using IPA and I get IPA from my, you know, the, the research chemical company that I sponsor and that gotcha. I don't sponsor, but I, I promote them because I have looked at their tests and I have seen where they grade out at. And let me say this too, for the, for the audience and for the universe. Um, again, my business partner is a peptide chemist, uh, Nick Andrews. And we look at the stability process of peptides. Now, all peptides are literally manufactured protein. You know, they're basically denatured protein or not denatured, but they're fractionated proteins. So these things can easily, from a molecular level, degrade, denature, change composition, fragment. There's so many things that can go wrong with a peptide when you manufacture it. So when you test a peptide, whether it's a research chemical company peptide or it's a compound pharmacy peptide, if you get anything that tests out over 90%, dude, you're fucking gold. Okay. Now, TaylorMade, when I, you know, toured their facility, you know, we're always like really, and you know why they were like the number one seller in the mm -hmm. world of these things. They would always guarantee that everything was 97%. When it left their deal to you, it was 97% stability, which is amazing. And again, nowadays, when I see what I see, if you see, if I see it over 90%, I support it. I've never seen limitless and I've tested them personally. And anybody, by the way, can, you know this, anyone can test a peptide. There are tons of independent companies out there that you can spend 50 bucks and you can send it to them and they can basically do a spectrometer analysis of whatever is in it. And they can tell you what's in there and they can tell you literally at the percentages, right? Like they do that with MDMA, pretty much every drug that's out there, garden variety, street drug or script, you can figure out what's in there. They can test it. So I always encourage people and I, and I don't know off the top of my head, any of the companies, but again, just do independent lab drug testing. And there's tons of people on Google. The reality is, is if you see something over 90%, it's good. Most of the research chemical companies, Greg, literally, and again, I will not throw shade, but most of them do not ever test over 70%. Now, remember, and here's the, and again, this is from Nick. If you get a peptide that's under 70%, it is 100% going to degrade 10% once you reconstitute it, which as you know, is putting the bacterial static water in the, in the vial. Again, a multi-dose vial, even kept it in refrigeration, in cool storage. So if it's a 69% when you get it, and one week later, it's now at half of efficacy. Why are you buying it? 
I mean, what value is it really going to provide? And that's the other thing too. And again, this is where people get lost on peptides and this is going to be in our course. You don't get that long to use it. So once it's reconstituted, you got to use it. So, you know, these people that are like, I hear all these stories of these guys that preload their peptide injections and they put them in the refrigerator. I'm like, okay, well, you're using them in two weeks. Nah, man, I'm not going to, I'm going to do a two week run. and then I'm going to come back four months later. I'm like, uh, okay. Well, I mean, according to Nick, he thinks that they can maintain stability up to about 55% in a best case scenario. So what does that mean? If it, if it's 90, you know, so it, it basically means you're going to get about 60% of the active in- ingredient or constituent of the product when you go and do that way later. So how much you know more beneficial would you got it if it was like, you know, 90%? I don't know. I don't think any of us know. I think, but I just definitely know that peptides do not maintain stability and efficacy for very long. Gotcha. Well, since we were talking a lot about IPA, what what is your recommendation on continuation of that? Because I've heard people recommend, you know, most people do like a five days on, two off. And then I've heard people say, you know, recommending uh, like three months on, one month off, or just take it six months straight and then six months off. What, what is your recommendation on? Well, that's the best question you could ever ask. I, it, it's everybody's biochemically unique and individual. I mean, we know with IPA, it does not disturb the pituitary as long as you're not an idiot and like taking five times a day. I mean, I've heard bodybuilders literally taking 300 micrograms five times a day. And, you know, again, now we're getting into the realm of like growth hormone, you know, are you really wanting to do that? Even though technically, you know, again, technically it doesn't disturb natural, but if you're taking that much, could it, I would assume that under the terms of caution and being, you know, I'm sorry, under the terms of guidance and being cautious, I would say that it may. So if you are a guy or a girl uh, and you want to lose body fat, lean up, you know, you're probably already using uh, therapeutic hormones, testosterone, estrogen, oestrogen, whatever, if you're a woman, um, my dose would be 200 micrograms before bed as a woman. Uh, as a guy, I would use probably 300 at night and 100 to 200 in the morning. Again, this is just what I would recommend I do, to your question. I do not like doing peptide cycles for longer than six weeks. I think that you see the most improvement, again, the noticeable, visible changes to your physiology within four weeks, within three and a half to four weeks. Again, assuming all else is dialed in, right? You're eating right, you're low in carbohydrates, you're hopefully you know, doing weight training and cardiovascular training. Um, six weeks is it. Now, here's the thing, and nobody talks about this. I don't give a shit how gifted you are metabolically or how gifted you are from a mesomorphic, you know, from a somatical typical expression standpoint, you will develop antibodies to these things. So when you start developing antibodies, you don't have the same effect. So in order to basically avoid that antibody buildup, you should just be using short cycles. And so I think personally that six weeks on at a minimum of six weeks off. And I actually recommend people take two months off is going to be right. best because you're going to always decrease your body's antibody buildup. It's, it's literally that simple. Okay. There's one other thing to talk about in that, because these are good questions, Greg, you're asking really good questions. Um, at what age does a person, and this is like, you know, nobody asked this question, but this is what you really have to think about. Like at what age does a man or woman find peptides useless? Cause let's think about this. Peptides are stimulating your body's IGF-1, right? So if you are now at an age where you don't have any IGF-1, how are peptides really going to work? I saw a brilliant researcher ask that question on a YouTube channel about nine months ago. And I was like, 
damn, I want to meet that dude. That's where we don't know. You know, is IGF-1, once you get to a certain age, completely gone, right? Because there are people out there in the Life Extension Foundation, Greg, that argue this and say, oh, you know, once you get to 58 or 60, you can't use peptides because you don't have any IGF-1. What's it going to stimulate? You know, that's why they're going to say, oh, you're going to use exogenous growth hormone, you know? And then you go down the path of like, what growth hormone do you use? And as you know, growth hormone is outrageously expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'll just say this as a bonus thing. If you can get your access to genotropin, which is Lily, or nortotropin, growth hormone, and you're 60, I would, I would recommend to use that versus peptides if you're 60 and older. And again, that doesn't mean if you're 60 to 65 and you've taken really good care of yourself that you're not going to get benefit of using TESA or IPA. And we didn't even talk about CGC1295. We can talk about that. But that's the thing, bro. Like, and again, nobody's talking about this. So this is a really awesome podcast. Like, at what point do you not really have any IGF-1? Okay. Yep. Because at 60, you could make an argument that you probably don't have very much. Well, um, well, let's get into, since we're still on peptides, let's get into your copper uh, peptide. Uh, so you have a company and and I'm going to say that, is it a SEER custom? How, how do you say that? Dude, you're the first person to ever pronounce it right. A S E I R custom.com. And so yep. this is a, a peptide that uh, I assume it's a topical that you're putting on your scalp and, and you alluded to it a little bit earlier. So tell us a little bit more just about that peptide, about that company, what people can expect from that. Yeah, for sure. So asircustom.com is a company that my business partner, Nick Andrews, and I formed in right before COVID in November of 2019. And we came out with, you already said it, copper peptide, GHKCU. Copper peptide is a blue tinged ion CU. And then GHK is, um, what is it? Glycol something, histidine, whatever. You know, again, it's just a, a, a peptide protein, a peptide protein um, you know, chemical formulation. And if you look at peptides, GHKCU is the sham wow of peptides. It has literally a hundred plus different clinical applications from a healing to a cellular regeneration to again, improving angiogenesis, blood flow, uh, tissue remodeling, DNA regeneration, nerve fiber bundling, you know, fixing. I mean, it does so many things at a cellular level to biological systems to improve them. It's nuts. So this peptide has been known about dude literally since the early seventies and a ton of the cosmetic companies have used this product in microscopic amounts. And let me throw this in there. Since I've been in this business now for almost two years, I have seen what goes into the cosmetic business from a supplementation standpoint and a formulation standpoint. And bro, you want to talk about smoke and mirrors? I mean, you can't even imagine. So because people will come to us and they'll say like, dude, what makes your GHK copper peptide products different than what's on Amazon? Because there's a hundred of them. And so Nick and I, you know, we're constantly doing this educational thing. And we're like, well, we'll tell you very simply, like there isn't a single one of those products. And and there will be competitors that eventually there will be people in the marketplace that will be doing what we do. And that's fine. Plenty of room um, that actually have a 3% grade of copper peptide. Okay. That is a lot. Now I'll give people an understanding and you know this from milk and most people know this, but when people say, oh, it's a 2%, you know, grade, not low fat of the actual constituent of milk, that's a lot. Just as like, you know, a a, a low fat milk is, or I'm sorry, whole milk is 3% fat. 
So when you put a 3% copper peptide grade into a GHKCU supplement, that is as profound as you can get that's not considered clinical. So it's not regulated by the FDA or any of the other alphabet agencies. It's still in the supplement, supplement bleh, supplementation space. And as you know, Greg, and this is a problem, even though it doesn't dissuade most people, there's no regulation in the supplement space, bro. Right. Nothing. People can put in lint off the carpet in their products and say it's creatine. And unless you do an independent you know, laboratory analysis, you're going on, on, on blind faith. Right now, obviously, the companies that have been around the longest time who have the biggest pockets, you know, you would think or you would assume that they're not scamming people because somebody would have figured it out. But I mean, I always tell people buyer beware in the supplement space. Now, our product, Nick, is 23 years in biopharma, big pharma, creating peptides. Like I said, he's one of the top peptide chemists in the world. The guy is absolutely mind blowingly brilliant. And he did this for all of, you name it, anybody that is anybody in the big pharma bio, biotech space for a long time. And he figured out how to do this. And so now we are doing this. And we, again, we are building things that are very close, okay, to what would be considered clinical. So if you use our products, bro, you're going to get clinical responses, you know, from a over-the-counter supplement we're very careful in how we claim things. We don't make claims, obviously. We always say may, could do, possibly might, potentially, right? Because you can't say things, but our products are freaking amazing. And the Royal Blue Serum is a water-based GHK uh, solution. The Sky Blue Cream is a goat's milk. So it's an oil-based GHK solution. So most men and women will use the serum as the base and then the cream is a moisturizer. Now, why would a man use these things? If you're a full contact fighter or an MMA guy and you're constantly getting abrasions from your gi, from sparring and all that stuff, dude, this shit will heal your face in 24 to 48 hours. Like you have a cut right here and you put the serum on and put pack the, the syrup, the cream over top of it and you'll heal your face. It's, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to not sound like a shill when I promote my products um, because Obviously, I believe in my products, but when people put our stuff on, they usually throw away any other face cream or cosmetic, you know, stuff they've been using. And I, you know, we've only been in business now for 19 and a half months, but like you should see our returning customer rate. It's insane. And our company is literally about to blow up into the world because we're about to get mainstream awareness for the hair product, which then will lead to the face stuff too. But the hair product is something that launched in June of last year. It's called Oxano Grow. We are now on version two. The It's a two-phase product. Serum A is GHKCU, so again, the copper peptide, and it's water-based, so it's in a spray bottle. You spray it into your hair, and then you massage. I'll talk about that in a second. You massage it into your scalp. Serum B is carbon-60, which, as you know, is a nanomolecule, and it's encased in a grapeseed extract. So it's a very thin uh, contextual uh, oil-based spray. Same thing. You spray it in after you spray it in serum A. Serum B is what it's called. You massage it into your scalp and away you go and it will regrow your hair. Now it's, it's obviously, you know, I've completely regrown my hair. I was nearly bald. I have androgenic alopecia like yours. My hair started to go bad at like 44. And again, in January, I mean, in uh, December of 2019, I already had the Mantis micropigmentation. Can you actually, let me share, let me share the screen real quick. Can you make me, because uh, this is pretty crazy. I mean, when people see this, they're like, that's bullshit. Just go to, uh, if you go to a SEER custom, A-S-E-I-R custom, 
and then just scroll down and you'll see. Yep. So just scroll down. There's a ton of traffic on the site today. So it may take a second to load. So that was my hair literally in 2019. Actually, this is in probably February of 2020 because I already had the micropigmentation done. So, dude, that's where I was. I was similar to you. You can see where my hairline goes. I always keep it shaved on the side because it just do that. Right. But that was after two months straight of Oxano. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It's, how, it's how, often, how often do you, do you put this on just once a day? How often do you, do you put it on? Another great question. I usually personally put it on in the morning, but if you want much more aggressive regrowth, you can definitely do it twice a day. So we have tons of men. And by the way, dude, women get the same results from this than men do, if not better. And women, as you know, have a lot of hair loss. So women don't talk about hair loss. It's a, it's like a scarlet letter, but when women go through perimenopause and obviously postmenopause, they start losing their hair in droves, usually when they're, you know, uh, picking or combing their hair in the shower. So um, it's a, it's a pretty profound effect when it stops. So, so, so the best way to do this and, and our, our, uh, our contract manufacturing company actually educated us about this about 10 days ago. They were like, you guys are not promoting this right. Because you guys are selling this as a hair loss product and it's really a scalp health product. And it's true. So when you put this into your hair, and there's a video, I'll, I'll send you the video. It's on the same page of the website, but when you, and you can link to it, whatever, when this podcast runs. But um, when you spray it into your scalp, you have to massage it into the scalp mm -hmm. because it's more important to get into the scalp than it is the hair. And so a lot of our customers were not getting as good results because we were not doing a good enough job of educating them on how to use it. You know, again, a lot of people that have longer hair, they spray it into their hair and they think that's, they're good to go. And it's like, no, you got to get this into the scalp. So again, we did a terrible job of educating our buyers. Hey guys, you got to get this into the scalp and you do that from a very gentle scalp massage. But, you know, uh, Greg, you know, we, we've only been selling the product since November version one, we sold in June and it was the MC, we were using uh, the base uh, carrier molecule as MCT oil instead of uh, grapeseed and the MCT oil still worked really well, but it's too greasy. You know, you know what MCT oil is like, it's, it's like a salad dressing. So, you know, that didn't go over too well. A lot of people complain, you know, guys were like, bro, my hair's regrowing, but I'm ruining my pillows every day. So we stopped that. We, you know, we changed the formulation to this. Now I can tell you, and this is hot off the presses today. We will have this as a one phase formulation by at the latest and at the latest would be black friday of this year my hope is that we'll have it by halloween and that will be a liposomal delivery system so what will happen is right now it's a spray right it will be oxano day which is the current product which will be a one phase liposomal delivery you know honestly i don't know this but it'll probably be an applicator where you'll just you know get a it'll be like a dropper and so you'll put it into the areas of the scalp that you have thinning or, or balding or whatever like that. You know, for women with really long hair, they can put it into their finger like this and then they can go like this, you know, into the roots. Right. Uh, we will have a night version that will call will be called Oxano Evening. And that will be, without question, we already know this, a leave-in conditioning slash rinse, you know, depending on how women see this. You get out of the shower at night, and you literally put this in after you dry your hair. So you don't completely, you know, blow dry or style it or any shit like that. You literally, it'll be slightly damp and you'll put this into the scalp. And again, a gentle uh, massage, probably will have an applicator, it'll be a massage applicator. And then you go to bed 
And here's the thing, Greg, and this is like the you know, very late, latest cutting edge stuff that will be uh, next week in the article on Ben Greenfield's site. Um, you want to be at night, you want to be applying this at night because guess what? When you're sleeping, you don't have microinflammations going on in your scalp. When you and I are during the day and we're working and you're seeing patients and all this shit's happening, you're sweating and you're getting microinflammations in the scalp. So when you're sleeping at night and you get this angiogenic product, and by the way, I think Nick is going to add a couple of peptides right now. I don't know which ones, but better, even, even more to enhance the GHK. Um, that's when you'll get the better regrowth because you'll have no microinflammation. So you'll be sleeping six, seven, eight, hopefully, you know, seven or eight or nine hours. And then that's when you're going to get massive regrowth. But we feel very confident that if you do the things that we recommend, which is again, low inflammation, stop using DHT inhibiting drugs, mm -hmm. shit's toxic, use red light. You've seen that, right? Like mm -hmm. they have yep. red light yep. hats. Yep. They have yep. red light hats. Dude, red light massively improves our product. Mm -hmm. I would assume that we will either partner with one of the big red light companies or they may just buy us out because we actually triple the success of red light therapy because mm -hmm. they don't have, you know, we're, an, we're obviously an, angio, an angiogenic product. Whereas they are utilizing the, you know, the hair and scalps natural, right? So it's not like, you know, improving or enhancing or strengthening the follicle. So red light is very limited. It still works, but if you can use our product and then use a skull cap or a red light, you know, technology on it, you'll get amazing regrowth. Very good. Well, that's exciting stuff. So uh, yeah, appreciate you sharing that. Well, uh, as we begin to wrap up, I, I do want to ask you if you would, because I know you're a very healthy guy. You're fit. I mean, you, you said you're 50 years old. I'm 50. Uh, yeah, you're 50, and you're and you're ripped. Uh, so walk us through a day in the life of Jay Campbell. I mean, what what do you do when you get up in the morning? Tell us a little bit about your your what you eat, your workout routines, that kind of thing. For sure, bro. And by the way, again, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. And, and, you know, I hope we help educate. As I always say, if we can just get one person to improve their optimization routine, it's awesome. Um, sure. So every day um, is very similar to me. I'm very regimented, very ruthless, focused lifestyle. Like I, like, for example, today is a fasting day, right? Like I've been drinking black tea because I've been talking to you, you know, it has a little bit of caffeine in it, but I haven't eaten anything today. Um, I wake up usually about depending on the day five, if it's a training day, I train Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with weights. I wake up at five 15. I do a 30 minute morning ritual, usually in the shower where I shave. And I, uh, I, I have like a, it's not a meditation, but it's like an affirmation, um, like a chakra tuning system. And it's about 22 minutes. So I'm in the shower for like 20, 22 minutes. I get out, you know, I do my stuff in my hair, obviously, I go downstairs in my backyard, you know, depending on the day, but most of the days where I live in Southern California or locale now where I live, uh, sunny, I will sun gaze for about eight to 10 minutes, sit there with my dog in total silence. Uh, I don't have anything interrupting me. I'm not, I do not check anything, no tech, no phones, nothing that, you know, my first hour every single morning is free of this demonic, you know, stuff. Okay. Um, and then, uh, I'm usually with my wife, uh, Again, if it's training day, which isn't today, but you know, yesterday I'm on my way to the gym by like 7.15. And you know, we train for about depending 30 to 40 minutes lift. And then just me and her back to back, boom, 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 boom. And then if you know we want to, we'll do like 15 minutes of cardio, like post-training. You know, she like she likes the stairmaster, and I just do the life cycle. Uh, then I come home. I in the in the car, I'm drinking a shake. So, you know, I've, we always prepare, pre, prepare a shake before we leave. And that's usually like uh, true nutrition, 
whey protein isolate and then a cassian, another true nutrition cassian. So it's like a combination of protein, you know, probably like 40 to 50 grams of protein. I come home and it just depends on how busy my day is. I may have to just jump into work and have meetings and shit. If not, I usually will make a bowl of oatmeal. And then from there, dude, it's just work, you know, life, you know, we, we homeschool our daughters. So, you know, I'm somewhat involved in that depending on the day, not as much anymore. My wife is more normally more involved in that, but, uh, Again, on an eating day, I will eat twice after that, that oatmeal and that protein shake. And it's usually grass-fed beef and uh, a yam or grass-fed beef and uh, a salad. And then I'll have dinner that night, which will be a, you know, a family dinner sometime between 6 and 7 o'clock, 7.30. And then I usually shut it down. I like to go three hours without eating before I go to bed. You know, so to improve digestion, improve sleep. And then the next day, which would be obviously like a today, would be a fasting day. It really just depends. If I'm attempting to get shredded or super lean, I do cardio first thing in the morning instead of that morning ritual. And I'm doing a morning ritual while I'm doing my cardio. I have a life cycle in my room, in my bedroom. Um, I also have a uh, infrared sauna in my third car garage and I'll go down there. I also have a jacuzzi in my backyard. I have like a, a saltwater rock pool. So sometimes I'll sit in there and then I'll go to the infrared sauna or vice versa. And again, like today, I'm pretty energetic. We've had an amazing day today. So I may do like a 30 minute cardio session and respond to emails while I'm doing my cardio. And then I'll break my fast dude at probably like seven. What time is it? 419 right now here in Pacific standard. So I'll probably break my fast around seven and I'll use salad with some sort of really good grass fed or wild caught meat. Like I, it's usually like sea bass, Chilean sea bass from Costco grass fed or, uh, you know, a grass fed, um, like a, a hamburger patty that's ground up my wife simmers, you know, I and think, then that's it. That's do you, it. do you monitor like uh, any of your lab work as far as like, you know, inflammatory markers and all you know, stuff like that? I mean, I'm sure it looks probably great. Dude, all of it. All of it. I mean, I, I, you know, I wrote an article that's probably page one, rank one right now on the importance of measuring your inflammatory markers mm-hmm. on my site. But I mean, I, I get my blood work done once a year now. I think, you know, this I'm on transcrotal testosterone, uh, you know, the 200 milligrams per milliliter uh, versa base cream. I use desiccated thyroid. My wife does the same. You know, my, my, my desiccated thyroid is 60 milligrams, uh, you know, AM 30 milligrams at 4 PM. My wife just used one. She just 30 in the morning. We're both on metformin. I'm a gram AM, a gram bid, you know, she's 250 bid. Uh, my wife is actually not on hormones. Uh, she's attempted to use, you know, a combination, you know, she's worked with a lot of different doctors she finds that she doesn't need it. I mean, she's got really good genetics and she's really, really obviously aggressive with her uh, diet. I mean, I, dude, you know, as you, as you get older and she'll be 50 in November, but as you get older, it's all diet, man. You know, how, how can you keep your inflammation low and you will keep your inflammation low if you don't eat a lot of sugar, you don't eat boxed, you know, as I call them, the glycation products, yeah. you know, the shit that gets in your blood and you wake up in the morning and you feel like death, yeah. you know? And, and so, I, I, I'm sure you're on a statin to control your cholesterol. That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm overloaded on statins now. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. it, dude. Like, you know, I do take every now and then like a thermogenic supplement. Uh, dude, I have, I, I, I'm not kidding you, bro. I have so many, I'm so blessed. I have so many people that send me shit. Hey man, you know, we want you to promote this or we want you to affiliate for this. And so I have like, I, I tell people all the time, I literally have a closet. Wow pantry full of products. I mean, I have a guy, you know, and I love this guy and I still can't connect with him. I have a guy who just sent us a thousand dollars worth of liposomal glutathione C 
you know, uh, what is it, the NAD stuff, uh, and then also um, the collagen stuff for my wife, you know, the, yeah. the top stuff. Yeah. And he won't, I mean, it was just like he just said to me, he's like, you know, I want to talk to you. And then, like, I can't even get a hold of him. I mean, Nick and I are trying to reach out to him about possibly, you know, doing a massive um, liposomal formulation for us for the one phase before we push it to our manufacturer. He, I, he hasn't gotten back to me. But I mean, honestly, I have like so many of those guys. So every now and then I'll break out you know, one of the bottles in the, in the pantry, you know, from them and I'll, and I'll take a thermogenic. I'm actually using one right now. I can't even think of the name, but it literally, it makes my, it makes me tingle. It's so powerful. Well, very good. Well, uh, so I always uh, kind of wrap up my podcast by asking my guest if they would give us one health tip that would make us healthier today. Uh, what would you say to that? One health tip to make um, healthier today, stop eating carbohydrates at 6 PM and live yeah. by that rule. Yeah. Great, great advice. Yeah, great advice. So yeah, and we, you mentioned metformin. I know you're a big proponent of that. We didn't even get into all that. So uh, we'll, we if you want to bring me back on, bro, bring me back on. <laughs> yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, we didn't even get into all that. So, uh, okay. So uh, to get a hold of you, I know you mentioned the jccampbell.com. Uh, we also mentioned the asircustom.com, which is where yep. you have your, your skin products, hair loss products. Uh, that's yep. A-S-E-I-R custom.com. Uh, any other ways people can connect with you? Yeah, for sure. And again, dude, appreciate you having me on here today. Uh, they can go and get the TOT Bible and the Blowtorch Diet, the PDFs for free. There's also a couple of books on there on like in improving your consciousness. There's like a chapter from the Blowtorch, I mean, uh, the Living a Fully Optimized Life on um, Mindfulness. All there for free. Just go to J-A-Y, letter C, my last name spelled out, Campbell.com forward slash free books. Um, and I would also push people to uh, sign up to my email newsletter, which is, you know, pretty awesome. I have a copywriter and I, we, we, we're, we're putting out probably five or six emails a week, but all very deep, you know, profoundly in, inspiring and uh, informative content. And they can go to join.jay, again, middle initial C, Campbell.com. And then that will get them on that email list. And it's free, but you know, we're sending out so much stuff, you know, free this, free that, this discount, that. I would also say if they do go to the Sear Custom and they want to buy any of their products, uh, have them use the code JAY15 and they'll take 15% off the products. Awesome. And we are, just so you know, because I know you asked me about this, we are by the end of this year going to have a clinic, clinical uh, you know, distributorship deal. So anybody who's a doctor that wants to stock our products, I mean, cause I know all the docs are going to want to have the hair stuff in their practice. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll just reach out to me probably by about mid, mid, mid September, early October. And I'll be able to get you information if you guys want to stock. All right. Well, we appreciate it. Uh, so Jay Campbell, the one and only guys, appreciate you listening. And uh, we really appreciate your time. And, and I, uh, thank you for just what you've done in this space and just, uh, you know, everything you've done with testosterone, educating people like myself and and, and the, the late people alike. So just really appreciate all, all you've done. So, well, thank you, Greg. And I appreciate you reaching out to me when I met you. What was it like four years ago or five years ago? Uh, it's been, uh, it was, a, I, I met you at an AMMG conference. It's been several. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was 2017, man. Yeah, it may have been. Yeah, it's been several yeah. years. So, but it's uh, awesome, man. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to FitRx. I invite you to share this with friends and family. If you would like, you can check out our website at vibrantlifedc.com, or you can email me at drgreg at vibrantlifedc.com. <laughs>